Welcome to How to Pretend to Like Sports. I'm Monica Woodhams, former D1 cheerleader, well, just my first year in college, who is still game day obsessed. Even when friends joked I was just pretending to like sports, I mean, I guess the guy I liked at the time happened to be going to the game too. I've always loved the community and excitement that comes with going to games. And let's be real, I love picking out a game day outfit. Join me each week as I share current events, conversation starters, and Obvi discuss the latest outfits that the F1 girlfriends are wearing. I'm giving you everything you need to know, no binge watching required. Hey y'all, welcome to the very first November episode of the podcast. And you've probably heard this a million times this week, but I can't believe it's already November. It's like this every year. Every year, November creeps up on us. Thanksgiving creeps up on us. December, there's the same amount of days in the year, each year. It still always seems to surprise us. I am a little stressed because I usually at this point already have a theme for my Christmas decorations. I already have an idea of what I need to get, what I already have. And honestly, I have put up my tree in early November. I like to use the excuse that I have to have it up for content to post, but really I just, it makes me happy. So I'm a little behind this here, but I'll use this weekend to brainstorm. But before we get into sports talk, I did want to talk about a really good conversation that I had with my friend over the weekend about the dating apps. It's really easy to complain about the dating apps, especially when you're in your 30s. It can feel like it's just more and more exhausting and that it's pointless to even be on them because there's no one good on them. I am here to change the perspective on that because if you have standards, then of course it's going to take longer to meet someone who meets your standards on the app. And the app is literally aggregating everyone who is in your zip code, essentially, or whatever you have your settings set up as. If you were to go to the grocery store, you can't expect that every guy at the grocery store is going to be someone you'd want to go on a date with. And that just translates over to the app. So really, you can't look at it like it's this instant gratification thing. If you want to find just a bunch of hookups, yeah. You can get instant gratification out of it, but if you're looking for something quality, you're going to be really disappointed if you go into it with that perspective and the assumption that it's just as easy as online shopping. You really cannot treat it like online shopping or else you're just going to get really frustrated. You're going to get burnt out. Then you're going to start feeling sorry for yourself. And then it's just going to be this spiral. So it's really about changing the perspective and being like, okay, If I were to go to a bar every single weekend for the next five weeks, probably you would still probably only like meet maybe one guy who checked off all the boxes, so to speak. And that's another piece of it is we put so much pressure on knowing so much about this person based off their profile that we're missing the actual human part of them. And that like if you were in person, you would be getting first. So like there's pros and cons. It is nice to be able to like kind of have the resume, so to speak. So you can dodge some bullets there if you like were chatting with this person and it turns out that they don't have a job and have no intention of having a job ever and like just like sleep on their best friend's couch, right? Pros and cons to both. But I don't think that it's productive to just be constantly bashing it 
because one, I have friends who have married their spouses from the apps. Two, I've had two long-term relationships with good guys on the apps. So I have my friends. I have guy friends who are on the apps who are great guys. And I have great girlfriends who are on the apps. So that means that the people are there. And I even talked to my therapist about this. And she's like, yeah, all my clients are wonderful and they're all on there. That's just the way it is now. So I think it's really about remembering. It is kind of a numbers game in a way. The higher your standards, the less people there are going to be that meet that. So of course, you're going to be swiping left more often than if you didn't have those standards. I've also found that it's really important to be in a good mindset when you're on the apps. So when you are spiraling, when you're like, this is miserable, I hate this so much, there's no one good on it. Yes, absolutely. Take time away from it. I really believe that you're going to get out of it what your mindset is. So like if you go in with the mindset, I just want to meet people, get to know people. There's nothing wrong with just meeting a new person. And you can learn about something just by having conversation with someone, even if you never see them again. You never know. You might find discover a new TV show. Who knows? If you're spiraling, if you're like, this is really annoying, this is frustrating, I can't stand this, delete it, take a step back. And when you're like feeling yourself and you're like, yeah, I mean, I don't have it. And you're like, yeah, I just, it'll be cool to just meet someone, talk to someone, hear what this person has to say. Then that's a much better place to be in and you'll find it much more enjoyable. My friend was also saying that it gets kind of overwhelming and that she finds herself mindlessly scrolling and then she feels like she's wasting her time and she could be doing much better things like reading a book or learning something new or going to go do something. I definitely understand that and I've definitely felt like that too, but I think that what has changed for me is that I don't just like sit there scrolling for a long time. Like if I feel like getting on it, I'll like get on it, look at a few people and then put it down and be like, that's okay. It's okay that I didn't match with anyone or didn't see anyone that stood out for me. There's a million other people that will pop up when they pop up versus being like, and I've done this in the past of just like scrolling and scrolling and scrolling because I'm getting more and more frustrated that I'm not getting a match or I'm not seeing someone of quality. You get in that spiral and you're just going, going, going just to get instant gratification. Okay, finally. If you just go into it, like, let's just see, take a few minutes, done. The other thing that I suggested to her was the league. And I feel like most people don't like the league. I think they're like each app exists because everyone is different and everyone has a different way that they use their phone, that they resonate with content, that they absorb content. So there's always going to be a place for everything. For the league, it's you get smaller batches. I pretty much get three a day and it sends you at the same time every day, those three, and that's it. So you literally can't mindlessly scroll even if you wanted to. I think if you're one of those people that keeps getting stuck in the feeling like I'm wasting so much time, then maybe you pivot to something like that where you literally can't spend that much time on it even if you wanted to. That's my rant on the dating apps. I think it's all about perspective. If you're not in a place to be dating, you're not going to like 
the apps. You're going to hate it. It's just going to amplify the fact that you're not ready to date. If you're ready to date, that usually means that you're feeling good about yourself. You're feeling good about where you are in life. You put less effort and you'll put less weight and pressure in the app itself. And when something doesn't go right, you're not going to just blame an app. Okay, now I'm really done with the rant. So you may have seen in the news that a fight broke out with players after the Michigan Michigan State football game in the tunnel. I made the mistake of watching the video. I think when I heard them say that there was a fight, I was kind of like imagining what a fight kind of looks like on the field where they're just kind of pushing each other around and yelling at each other. I was not expecting to see actual assault happen. There were literally like six Michigan State players ganging up against one Michigan player who did not have his helmet on and they were hitting him in the head with a helmet, which is assault. Absolutely insane. It was really hard to watch. Come on, like why, how is this happening? How does something escalate like that? Like everyone needs to calm down. So then as I was reading about it, there's a tradition for the, since it's a rivalry, so there's a tradition for the two teams to pass each other in the tunnel. People were asking if that that tradition should go away. And I'm like, that is completely not the point. Two teams should absolutely be able to walk past each other and not assault each other. Getting rid of that tradition solves nothing because if someone's going to do that, in that situation, they probably would have they probably would have found a player outside of the tunnel. If someone is going to do that, or a group of people, it was literally like six guys to one, are going to do that. They're going to do that regardless. Man, I just have all the, all the thoughts, all the rants today. So it's still being investigated. The player that was getting assaulted in the video hired a lawyer. There are four players on Michigan State who are suspended. I'm assuming that means suspended from the team. I don't know if that means suspended from the school. I kind of feel like that you should get kicked out of school for that. So in happier news, the college football playoff rankings came out. TCU did not make the top six, but they were seven. So fine. I kind of expected that. This is the first week that there are college football playoff top 25 rankings, and then it'll just keep going until it's actually time for the playoffs. One thing that people talk about is how much these rankings actually matter right now. I think that you can look at it two ways. They don't totally matter in the sense that it is college football and just so much can change and games can get wild and there's always unexpected things happening. I definitely don't think that it's like, okay, this is it and this is probably how it's going to be the next however many weeks. However, where I do think it matters is that it shows the trend and how the people who are voting or ranking this, what they see in the conferences. You kind of start to get a sense of who they think has a stronger conference, who maybe isn't playing against teams that are as competitive as another team. You know, the Big 12 is always that tough one where it's generally a competitive conference. It has Oklahoma, which is not this year, but generally speaking, Oklahoma, Texas, Oklahoma State, TCU, Baylor, all these schools over the last let's say nine, 10 years since the college football playoffs have existed, they've all been very competitive teams. But at the end of the day, they're being compared to the strength of schedule, the strength of a conference of the SEC, the ACC, the Big Ten. You really cannot deny that, that the SEC has more really strong teams than the Big 12. That's always going to be how it is. It can get frustrating because then does that mean that the team in the Big 12 like the TC, like TCU, who 
has beat ranked teams this year. They've gone undefeated. Something like that, they'll never get a chance to go to the playoffs. What I'm trying to say to circle back to the part that does matter about these rankings and understanding where they're placing these teams, it is kind of a preview and being like, okay, they are taking the Big 12 seriously, or they're taking the ACC more seriously than the Big 12, which generally, if you look at it in those like bigger generalized lumps, that probably won't change from week to week. What is going to change from week to week is Alabama is six right now. If they lose to LSU this weekend, they probably won't be six. If Tennessee loses to Georgia, does Georgia move from three to two? Maybe. Okay, now on to the sports news. The Houston Astros are leading the World Series against the Philadelphia Phillies. I cannot get over how that is just such a redundant name. It reminds me of, I think it was a comedian on Instagram that I came across. This is probably like a well-known thing. It was probably like a clip from a Netflix stand-up thing and now I'm just butchering it. But basically, he was talking about how redundant the name of the Los Angeles Angels is because Los Angeles Angels, it's like the Angels Angels. That's basically Philadelphia Phillies. Who is approving these names? You know who they need to hire for sports team names? And they probably should have done this when the Washington Redskins changed is the people who name nail polishes. They can always think of something clever and think of how many nail polish colors there are and they all have unique names. Anyway, the Astros have been favored, but now the games are going to be played in Philadelphia. So maybe the Phillies luck will change. They love an underdog. This past weekend's F1 race in Mexico was a doozy. It was quite uneventful. I mean, at one point, the commentators basically were like, this is boring. But there was action that happened when Daniel Ricardo bumped Yuki Tsunoda's car. He got a small penalty and it really didn't affect where he placed. He stayed consistently at seventh. Yuki did have to DNF, did not finish the race um, because his car came a little donezo. Once again, Max got first, Lewis Hamilton got second, Checo, Sergio Perez. When I hear a name so many times with an American or English accent, it starts to sound weird in the actual language that it is. I'm Spanish. I should be able to say Sergio Perez super easily. And it sounds so bizarre because all I hear all day is Sergio Perez. <laughs> because it took place in Mexico, obviously there are tons of Checo fans. That's his nickname. They did start booing Luis. Checo started waving his finger, like telling them to stop. So we love good sportsmanship over here. Oh, and Lewis, he spoke out about, he's on Mercedes, and he spoke out about his thoughts on Red Bull's violation of how much they spent last year in 2021 and how they overspent what the limit was. And he was basically saying that if the FIA doesn't give them like a significant punishment, that the precedent that that's going to send is that if you overspend, if you don't follow the rules, you're only going to get a slap on the finger, <laughs> slap on the finger, slap on the wrist. So then everyone's going to be like, oh, I can handle a slap on the wrist. I just want to win. As a rule lover, I love a good rule. I do agree with him that if they don't give them a significant punishment for the violation, then it's just going to escalate and then become ridiculous. Okay, this is probably the third 
time I've ever used Minnesota Vikings in a sentence. Here we are because they are six and one, which means they are well on their way to win the NFC North and host a playoff game. And we should probably mention that Tom and Giselle finalized their divorce. Tom says he's not going to focus on his kids in football. That's probably what he was already focusing on. If in more college football news, Auburn fired their football coach this week right after the loss to Arkansas, 41 to 27. There are potential replacements that are happening in the rumor mill. They include Deion Sanders of Jackson State, Lane Kiffin of Ole Miss, Liberties, Hugh Freeze, Matt Rule, which you know that name, it's because he is an NFL coach. So everyone else is in college football. He went to the NFL. He is the coach for Carolina Panthers. He is rumored to be a contender. Dave Doreen of NC State and Todd Monken, who is Georgia's offensive coordinator. There may be a new Thanksgiving week tradition upon us. So for those of you who want nothing to do with the Black Friday crowds, like me, you can instead watch the World Cup. The Black Friday game is going to be the U.S. versus England, and that is always a fun one to watch. So time to brush up on your soccer. Important to note, this is going to be the first time that women will officiate a men's World Cup game. That is huge because it's 2022, people. And let's be real, women have much better eye for detail than men do. And finally, as I mentioned, Tennessee is playing Georgia this weekend and it will be a good one. These are two top teams. Tennessee is on a huge winning streak, which is why the playoff rankings have them at number one. So it'll be really interesting to see what happens and it'll be a close game for sure. All right, that's it for this week. If you haven't already, be sure to rate the podcast, leave a review, and don't forget to subscribe if you haven't subscribed yet. That way you don't have to remember to go look for it. It just automatically pops up on your phone. I love that. All right. Have a great week, y'all.